Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I, Anglian ZB, we're looking back at Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk school lunches, we're going to talk Auckland transport, and we're going to keep things moving by cycling to work. And then Marcus is going to have some talk back memories. Uh, but before uh, any of that, uh, look who's back. John Key. And he's saying, hey, guys, 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 stop being so mean about China. They're all right. Where are you seeing the nuance? Well, look, the reality is that, uh, you know, what we're seeing in the Pacific from China is is, uh, checkbook diplomacy. And we've actually seen that for a very, very long period of time, right? So, in fact, they, they were involved in my time, you know, spending money. But also we worked alongside them doing projects. So my, my main point is really that it's not actually new and and it's nuanced in the sense that people are sort of arguing this is being solely done for the capacity of the Chinese um, Navy and particularly to have military or military access places to park their boats. But, that, that, but actually in reality, I think it's a little different to that. I think actually all they're doing is um, acquiring friends because as we move into a multilateral world, um, we all know that when we want particular things of interest passed, we need votes, and we need votes of support, and they're requiring those votes of support. Could it be a bit of both? Yeah, it'll be a, it could potentially be a bit of both. But, look, it depends where you sit. I mean, if you take the perspective of the Americans, and, yeah, like, frankly, many people around the world, they say that China's emerging as a superpower. It's going to use all this wealth to be very aggressive in a military sense and to effectively attack other countries. And I'm not in that camp. I just think that's nonsense. I, I don't think history supports that view. I don't think that's what the Chinese want to do. I think they want to lift more, you know, millions and millions more people out of poverty, but I don't think they actually want to go around, around attacking people. Now, will they defend what they believe is their territorial rights that are really challenged? In other words, Taiwan and Hong Kong. The answer is yes, but you can even see in Hong Kong when the problems um, took place a year or so ago, they were extremely cautious about the way they act. Um, I'm kind of with key dids here, to be fair. Um, I've been to China. I thought it was quite cool. I mean, I'm sure that they do do some terrible things. That's a big country, and I think big countries, you know, they're generally not all good. I'm just saying the bits I had to do with were pretty good. And we'll leave it there. Our school lunches. Uh, back on the table, so to speak. I'd rather work with the providers and say, hey, pull it back a bit. You don't need to have all the bells and whistles. A couple of sandwiches is just fine. I'd rather... If the earlier reports show that more of the lunches are being eaten than not... I'd rather keep going and see the results of the trial at the end of the year. You've got to feed these little things. You've got to feed their brains and you've got to feed their bodies. And if they're not getting food at home because parents cannot, or in some cases will not, supply the food, then let us do it. It's, it's us, Even though it's tens of hundreds of millions of dollars, it's still going to be a worthwhile investment if you can get kids learning. Um, I um, It's a hard, hard thing, isn't it? You can't please everybody all the time. 
it, I mean, it's the education system in a nutshell, isn't it? You can't cater to all the special requirements of everybody. And that's probably tr- just as true with school lunches. I went through a very long period with my school lunches of having uh, apricot jam and cottage cheese sandwiches. Is that weird? And I know what you're thinking, you're thinking, man, that sounds like that'd go pretty soggy by lunchtime. And yes, they did. And yet, my mouth is actually uh, like some kind of Pavlovian response is watering just thinking about those sandwiches. Despite how soggy they were. I mean, that's why they invented Glad Wrap, right? Getting soggy sandwiches together. Probably not supposed to use Glad Wrap anymore, yeah. Is there going to come a time where they ban Glad Wrap? Probably. Glad? You better get onto the recyclable Glad Wrap. Quick smart. Uh, right. Uh, speaking of being environmentally tra- uh, friendly, is that what Auckland Transport's trying to do? Just make us never, ever drive anywhere ever again? No. What sort of kind, caring society are we attempting to dream up here with all this ideology around shared spaces and making CBDs more user-friendly when disabled people are getting penalised and those trying to help them are getting fined? What message does that send other Uber and taxi drivers who may want to help passengers with disabilities? And does this kind of behaviour not just discourage more people from coming into town something that's already a huge issue for most of the CBDs in this country. Surely there's a line and room for some discretion when it comes to unique circumstances like this. My mum encouraged the Uber driver to keep going, keep writing to Auckland Transport, she said, until they acquiesce. But as he said to her, you know, who's got time for that? Ironically, the boffins bogged down in this bureaucracy have the audacity to call this long-running campaign of car elimination. It's called Streets for People. But aside from cyclists, I'm just not sure which people they're thinking these streets are for now, given they're certainly not for Ubers, taxis or people with disabilities. Hawksby. Infuriating, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. So obviously the answer is cycling, apparently. That's one of, well, that's one of the answers. And there's a business in Christchurch that's paying, paying his... Um, what's he doing? He's, pay, he's paying his employees $10 a day extra $10 a day if they cycle into work. So, hmm. What do you think of that, Simon James? You know, the more I think about this, the more I think it's a really good idea because if if a company can afford to do that for their staff and That's offer 10 thing, yeah. yep, you know, they can 10 bucks a day. Somebody does ask the question though, is that $10 a day is that um, gross? Oh, it's, I don't know. Don't know. We don't know. It doesn't mention it's better the story. than nothing, though. Yeah, but I I think it's a good idea because if you don't like it, and there's plenty of people that think you know for whatever reason they don't like the idea of cycleways, they don't like the idea of bikes, they don't like the idea of biking in the rain. That's fine. Don't have to do it. Mm. And the ones that do, it's going to help exponentially, isn't it? For you know, so it gets fewer people in their vehicles. More you know, one of the, the benefits for me is that I would I'll be biking straight to work generally. I'll just go straight to work, yeah, mm. because you want to get there on time and so on. Once we finish work, I will wind my way home along the Avon River because there's, there's a cycleway next to it, and it's beautiful riding home there. You know, it takes a wee bit longer, but I just really enjoy it. You can smell things, and it, it's a nice thing. 
Especially during spring. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be on your bike to smell things, James. No, but it, it's a great way to travel is what I'm saying. Yeah. Hmm. You don't try and convince me, mate. No, I'm talking to other people. You're not okay. the only person in front of me. <laughs> 21 past three. News Talk ZB, do you like this idea? What I find interesting is that there's not many negative texts or calls. No. And, that's, and we know there's a lot of anger and <laughs> resentment towards cycles, but I think even the naysayers are going, well, I can't argue with that. Mm. All I'd say is just imagine on the rainy, windy, snowy, hailey days when everybody at that place has cycled into work. Imagine the mood of the whole company at that point. Not to mention that, that wet jersey smell that used to get at school. Yuck. Say, um, we're going to finish up here. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure all these things that we've talked about in the podcast so far elicited a lot of talk, response on the talkback. But talkback's not like talkback used to be in the good old days, is it, Marcus? How much your job's changed in the last 40 years? How long you've been at the job and how much it's changed? Be kind of interested in that. I was thinking the old days when you did talkback, this will bore you. You had to go to a computer, an old computer, and look at news stories from the newswires from around the world. And then you'd print those stories out. I can't quite think why. Because there must have been a computer in the studio. There must have just been one computer. And they'd come out one of those big printers with like perforations and holes down the side to feed it, feeding kind of holes to propel the paper through the machine. Then you'd have to go to a different room called the cart room because all the commercials would be on carts, which is like a cassette tape. And you'd fill up about four racks of those. But the real highlight for me was literally a real highlight. It was in the middle of a mid-dawn on a Sunday morning, you would get out the reel-to-reel tape deck and you would tape the British football results when they came through. From that man that read them underwater. Wolverhampton too. And I don't know why you taped them and didn't just play them live, but you would tape them, then set up the reel-to-reel, and then you'd play those once the tape had finished coming through. If you didn't play them on time, you would be inundated with callers, with very thick British accent saying, oh, come on, we'll play the football results. And you do that, because I tell you what, they're unforgiving. They'll be furious if they have to wait. Say, These people must have gone up in the middle of the night to hear their football results. This was pre-the internet, of course. Jeepers. That's how I know how, that I am really old, because I've started telling people stories like that. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? And you know how you don't think you're old until you you do that? I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, I'll see you back here again with more great stories from the old days. It's the weekend edition of News Talk ZB on Monday. See you then.